Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Zanspans Radio. Alan Scott, you were wrong. Welcome to this week's episode of Movie Maintenance, where some movies just need pitching. I'm Carney. I'm Tom. And I'm Joel Dershow. And this week, the Richmond Football Club story. Catchy title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it Yellow and Black as reference to their club song. Good. Like the tiger of old, the strong and we're bold, but we're from Tiger. Yellow and Black, we're from Tiger Land. So obviously it's about... Um, the premiership season. I was going to say it's about the three seasons before where they... Finishing ninth? No, the year where they lost to a team that technically came ninth. That was that's probably oh, the yeah, best bit of. That was pretty good. Where Chris Judd I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, it was the best. It was an Ess- oh, sorry, Dusha, but it was when Essendon got knocked out of the finals. That's all right. I'm not. Richmond made the Richmond were in it. They fit. They were fifth. They were flying. Uh, Carlton got in by default. Came ninth. Chris Judd played the game of his life. <laughs> uh, a guy was a late inclusion, and. Kicked four goals and then retired, like had been eating Subway an hour before the game in the stand, like, and then and Richmond still couldn't fucking win. Yeah, and then they did that two more years in a row. <laughs> so Richmond are like battlers in a sense. They're one of like the I guess they've been called the Big Four clubs in Victoria because they're financially stable, I guess. But they do they've hit over ninety thousand members and they're the first club to ever do that. Oh, it's great. Collingwood got. Probably the next closest one year, but that was when they were letting like your dogs sign up for membership pets and stuff. Yeah, it's so. come out that they, they reckon they were cheating. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think they were cheating. I think they were upfront. They were like, "Yeah, we have pet memberships," and they just add that to the tally. I oh, know most clubs have a pet membership. Oh, but they don't add it to the. Well, well, I, don't, do. I don't know about that. But Collingwood are the only club who haven't released their. Yeah, because they've they've fallen because they've fallen from down grace a little bit. If you want to hear us talk more about Collingwood falling from grace, you should turn this. Podcast off. I'll listen to another one we do called How Goods Food. <laughs> no, but stay with us because because uh, Richmond, who've been shit house or yep. were shit house yep. for thirty years. Yep. So you basically going to tell us the story, a true story, yes. a true sporting story. It's kind of like my ideal biopic about a football team. About a football team. Like I'm liking this already. Yeah. Mm. If you if you will, it's a bit of a sequel to Sons of the West. Well, it is because it's the yeah. year after. It's the year after. It's the next year. It's the same sport. It's the same world. Yeah, <laughs> the AFL Cinematic Universe. Oh, <laughs> fuck yes! I'm just going to dive. Don't in. get too excited. That world exists, and we're currently living in it. <laughs> I live <laughs> in a cinematic universe. Oh boy! Just before oh. I dive in, yep. I feel like I have an uphill battle because you guys don't give a fuck about Richmond winning the grand final. Oh, look, you're a bit over it. I yes. wouldn't say I'm over it. I'd say that I never got around them. I'm yep. not a fan. You didn't get behind the romance, though, of them being down and out for so long? No. Really? Because they weren't like that out. And a lot of the time when they finished ninth, it was their own fucking fault. What I love about it, because I don't particularly like Richmond as a club. They're not my team. I love the Damien Hardwick aspect because he's been the coach there for seven years. Yeah. And they built it up from the bottom and they made finals and they kept getting knocked back. And then they just had a disastrous year. 
And by all, by anyone's guess, really, by anyone's standard, probably should have lost his job. Yeah. He stuck fat. He believed. And the they, board uh, believed in him. Yep. Peggy O'Neill f- copped a lot of heat. He had the full support of the team and the board. And he actually and he did, did this time. The boys normally, him. normally, as soon as you have the full support of the board and the players, you are Michael Vost straight out of there. Yeah. <laughs> That's, well, I'm going to dive in, Tom. Okay, go for it, mate. If I may. So the film opens in 2001 in a meeting room. Got a young man. He's nearing 30. He sits in a chair. This is Damien Hardwick, known to everyone as Dimmer. You know, some faceless higher-up guys in suits or whatever shuffle into the room. They sit across from him. Their ties have the Essendon Bombers logo on them. They make awkward small talk for a minute before telling Dimmer that salary cap's pretty tight. They don't have a lot of money. He's not getting any younger, and they want him to kind of move on, go find another club. They leave him sitting there in the room, and he's just sort of shocked. He's a bit shell-shocked by all of this. He gets on a plane. Now he's in Adelaide. He's walking into enemy territory, into the Port Adelaide office. He meets with their head coach, Mark Williams, also known as Choco. <laughs> Choco and Dimmer. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to Australia. To Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so Dimmer, he's on the front foot. He's, yep. he's pleading his case. He thinks that he's got a lot left to give. In fact, he's sure of it. Choco asks him if he's sure, and Dimmer just looks at him with steely determination. He says, I'm never wrong. And then Choco gives him a lifeline, and Dimmer plays for Port Adelaide, and they win a premiership uh, against some team, and he learns a hell of a lot from Choco, who becomes his mentor. After he finishes up as a player, he gets into coaching. He works with Choco, then he also you know, works with his friend Alistair Clarkson, who went on to coach Hawthorne to four premierships. So pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah. And then fast forward to 2010, Dimmer is appointed the head coach of the Richmond Tigers, who have been mostly shithouse and success-starved since the 1980s. They're a bottom club who've just come off the end of a bit of a five-year plan that was supposed to deliver success and hadn't, courtesy of Terry Wallace. Oh, Terry. So Dimmer takes the reins, and all of this can kind of happen in a montage of clips, news footage, and all that stuff. So the first few years, they're kind of tough, and they get beaten quite often. But we see small steps, as you do with a young team. His old mentor, Choco, joins the club as an assistant, and eventually they make it back into the finals. And for three years in a row, they lose the first week of the finals in each of those years. They're unable to take that next step. They get knocked out of the 2015 finals. Who who is Dimmer, like actor-wise? Yeah, I hadn't given it any thought because I don't really... Like, who's Aussie actors who could play Dimmer? Eric Banner. That's not bad. That's pretty good. All right, we'll go with that. Yes. So they're knocked out of the 2015 (laughs) finals. Liam as young Dimmer. Yeah. 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 No, just just do that weird Benjamin Button thing. Because Dimmer hasn't aged a hell of a lot. Like, if you look at him when he won in 2004 at Port Adelaide, he looks largely the same as what he looks like now. So now the montage ends, and we're with Dimmer. He's in the coach's box at a game. It's the final round of the 2016 season. He sits there, surrounded by other coaches. Choco's next to him. We close in on his face. His eyes roam around following the action. We can hear the crowd cheering, groaning at a huge tackle. Then we hear the siren. The crowd erupt even louder. Dimmer doesn't move. He takes it all in slowly. One by one, his assistants stand and leave. Choco gives him a pat on the back and leaves him alone. On a screen behind Dimmer, the score of the game comes into view. Richmond have been fucking smashed by Sydney by 113 points. They end that year in 13th place. and it's absolutely rock bottom for the footy club. Later, Dimmer walks into the rooms. All the boys are flat, covered in dirt. They're embarrassed. It's a really low moment. He stands before all of them, and they look up at him, and he struggles for what to say. And then he just walks away. Everyone's kind of stunned. Choco steps in, he says a few words to the boys, and we just watch Dimmer sort of walk down this lonely corridor. 
So Demer, he's had that job for seven years. The club at this time is arguably as bad as when he arrived. The media, they're into them, they're killing them. The fans are even more disillusioned than usual, which is saying something for Richmond. (laughs) Just when they need everyone to close ranks, certain influential supporters and members decide to challenge the board. Oh, the focus on football. Yes. They want to take over the club and bring it back to its glory. It's getting really messy and bloody behind the scenes. The pressure's on the club and the pressure is on, it's, it's huge on Dimmer. It's massive. Keeps a brave face. He's going on talk shows, you know, footy talk shows, talks down the unrest and talks up Richmond's hopes for next season. He goes on today with Carl Stefanovic. Carl asks where he thinks he'll be next year. Played by himself. Yep. You're sure. good. <laughs> Carl asks, you know, where are you going to be next year? Clearly fishing for a bit of a comment about potentially losing his job. And Dimmer, he doesn't rise to it. He just confidently says, we're we playing in the finals. And then Carl and the entire studio audience just kind of have a bit of a laugh. And Dimmer just sits in the chair and just cops it. Uh, correct me, actually, if I'm wrong about this board challenge, but I think that it, it kind of just went away. Like The people were kind of like, oh, we don't want to destabilize the club, so we'll, yeah. we'll step back. No, uh, no. You've already so, done it, though. So what had happened was they tried to challenge saying, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this. And one of those yeah. things was bringing Neil Balm. Yeah. And Peggy O'Neill came out later and said, we'd already had that in place, and they'd heard rumors of it. So when he got appointed, they claimed their work had been done, but if nothing else had changed, they'd be back. Yeah. So basically... They're a bunch of chodes. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar, a chode is a penis that is wider than it is long. <laughs> Thanks, mate. So Neil Baum comes in. Richmond launched a full review of the club. So somehow Dimmer survives. The club keep faith in him. The board keep faith in him. The players do. And he's still the coach. They ask if he's the right man to lead them forward. And he says, absolutely. I'm never wrong. Oh, I like it already. But a bold decision gets made. And he calls a meeting with all of his assistant coaches. He comes in, they're all now having a laugh, it's a bit relaxed, but they hush when he comes in. Choco's sitting at the end of the table and he says, what happened? Did you keep your job? And Dimmer nods, and they all breathe a sigh of relief and relax. Dimmer looks at them sadly and he says quite softly, um, the club's letting all of you go. And Choco's like, what? Dimmer struggles to make eye contact. He says, it's been decided to, to let you all go. I wanted you to hear it from me first. It's a bit of grumbling, disbelief, anger, some, you know, a few words, and they're they, Coaches leave the room. They kind of bump Dimmer on the way past. But Choco hasn't moved because he wants an explanation. And Dimmer kind of sees this and he's like, you too, Choco. (laughs) (laughs) On your bike. On your bike, Choc. Oh, I got that, Dimmer. It's been decided. I decided by who? And Dimmer says, by the club. And you? And Dimmer's just like, it was the club, Choco. There's nothing I could do. Choco stands up and he shakes his head and he says, I thought I taught you to be strong. Not a fucking gutless little pissant. Sean, your personal bias towards Choco Williams coming into this pitch at all? That's not fair, says Dimmer. (laughs) (laughs) Choco comes in over the top of him and says, shut up. You're the head coach, the face of the club, the voice of the club. If you had a fucking centimetre of backbone, you'd have told them to get fucked and stand by your team. But you were afraid to be a problem, weren't you? Afraid they'd sack you too, so you hid in the corner. Dimmer takes a step forward and says, they've got a new direction for the club. You aren't in it. I'm sorry. Choco walks towards the door, but he pauses and he puts a very firm hand down on Dimmer's shoulder and he says, this club is over 100 years old and you're going to rip through it like a disease. You're going to destroy it. (laughs) 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 Because for you, it's whatever it takes. This is a team game and right now, you're the only one on the team. Choco leaves and Dimmer yells out after him, goes, you're wrong. Things settle down. The players return for pre-season. All eyes turn towards the next campaign. Just to clarify, yeah, 
none of that has ever come out as like a conversation that was had. Right? I'm just, uh, I'm taking a few leaps. Yeah, no, because I just creative. I just, cre- you're ta- basically you're taking strong artistic license. Bit here. of artistic license. No, that's yeah. that, look. That's all right. I should just, I should have clarified that. No, that's uh, all right because like I know that I got really excited about the ambush speech yeah. that Tom had in Sons of the West. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a shame it's not real. But it was real. Oh, yeah. Well, well yeah, it was real. I, I mean, did this, my research. This could have happened. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? Not- what? You're- Choco called his, his protege a gutless pisser. <laughs> Sean's like 90% sure this happened. <laughs> Things get said in the heat of the moment when jobs I- are on the line. Just while we're here. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, again, I yeah. love casting people. Sure. I've got a Peggy O'Neill. Okay. Jackie Weaver. Love it. Okay, good. Who's your Choco? <laughs> Jackman for Williams. Hugh Jackman. Yep. Have you seen Mark Williams? <laughs> anyway, I like it. Well, I'm on board. <laughs> Dimmer needs some new coaches. So he hops on a plane and he has the job of trying to convince his old mate, Justin Leppage, who's just been sacked as head coach of Brisbane after three years, to return to Richmond. On top of that, he also pinches one of Geelong's best, Blake Carousella. And together, the trio, along with Neil Baum, sort of form the brains behind Richmond, the new Richmond. Leppage, uh, he was previously a backline coach at Richmond back in the day. And he helped turn star player Alex Rance into one of the league's best. But that spot's already filled, so Lepp has to take on the forwards. Uh, Lepp was actually a forward back in his day, um, before he turned into one of the best defenders ever. But anyway, <laughs> Richmond's forward line is uh, injury hit, and they're very dysfunctional. But this becomes one of the key pillars of Richmond's rise. Instead of a traditional setup, they use one tall player and surround him with small, fast players. No one in the league thinks this game plan will last very long. But the coaches go to work. Hoping Rance, a player who has flirted with quitting the game, can take the next step. That trouble magnet Dustin Martin can mature into one of the league's best players. The lesser knowns like Jacob Townsend can make their way into the team and develop strongly. That the captain, Trent Cotchin, will embrace the leadership and reach new heights. But on the eve of the season, Cotchin approaches Dimmer for a chat. And he says, he doesn't think he can do it. He's not a natural leader. Maybe someone else is better for the job. He's panicking. But Dimmer calms him. He tells him everybody feels like that. That even he does. He doubts himself. Is he the right coach? Can he even coach? It's normal to be scared. In fact, it's good. You don't want to be comfortable because then you're complacent. He tells Cochin to give it one more go and not worry about being the loud captain who feels like he needs to have a beer with all the boys. That's not why they chose him. He's soft-spoken. So embrace that. Be personable. Be one-on-one with the young players and be a bull on the field. Let his actions do the talking. So the season starts and Richmond jump out of the blocks. Everyone predicts them to finish near the bottom, but they go bang and win their first five games. It's a massive start. Their long-suffering fans are talking finals, and of course, they're already talking premierships. They're loving it. Rance has gone to a new level. Dusty seems more mature, even though he's out of contract, and the noise and speculation of that would drag down a lesser player. Jai Courtney. He's <laughs> yeah, Dustin Dusty? Martin. Yeah, nice. And Liam Hemsworth, he's Trent Cotchin. That's good too. I like that. So Cotchin, he's embracing, uh, you know, leading by his actions, and the small pressure forward line starting to upset the structure of some of the other teams. But then the complacency that Dimmer warned against creeps in and they lose a game. They don't just lose, they get destroyed by 76 points by Adelaide. And you know, our mate Tex Walker, they absolutely pumped them and really put them back in their place. And Dimmer, he tries to be cool. It's the kick up the arse they probably needed. They'll respond next week. They think we'll just shake it off. But then they lose a really tight game by under a goal. And that happens again. It's the Freo GWS back-to-back. <laughs> they lose like three games by under a goal and then suddenly they've lost four games in a row. And it's just sort of starting to, you know, the scars of losing three straight finals and all these failed campaigns are starting to kick up and people are kind of bickering and 
you know, the club's kind of forgotten how to win and everyone's just a bit flat. So for, for context, those two short back-to-back losses yeah. that were identical where they were in front, that they, they hit the lead with like less than a minute to go and then through some sloppy defence, uh, Fremantle was the first one in the MCG. They hit the lead with a minute to go, way under a minute to go, like 30 seconds left. Yeah. Sloppy defence means that Monday marks and kicks a goal after the siren, they lose. The next week, they do the same thing at GWS. Yeah, where, GWS one was way worse. Oh, GWS one was way worse. They thought they'd hit the front and won. Goal was called touched, a review, sent back, three kicks down the spine. Jeremy Cameron runs into a goal, kicks a goal, and they're, again, 20 seconds left on the clock. They it was lose amazing again. to watch. It was, in the words, <laughs> like of, in the words of Dwayne Russell, the commentator at the time, it's double deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> Love Dwayne Russell. Oh, he just gets excited. Oh, he likes a Brisbane game too. I, I respect that a lot. He says, oh boy, a lot. Yes. Like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically, Richmond had kind of forgotten how to win. And all the uh, sort of mental scars that this team have are starting to sort of pile up again. And they're like, oh boy. And they're starting to doubt themselves. And everyone else, all the commentators are like, yep, it's pretty much what we expected. They'll just sort of sink back down now. This you know, forward structure couldn't stand up to the heat and all of that. And then assistant coach Justin Lepich <laughs> steps up at a meeting during the week. Now, Lepper, he was a champion player. He floats an idea that his team, the Lions, once used back in the day. And that's to go around the group and tell the bloke next to you why you love him and what he brings to the team. And the guys, they have a bit of a laugh at that. You know, It sounds a bit silly, but then they get serious and... And they all do it. They go around the room and little by little, piece by piece, they start building each other up. Confidence creeps back in. And before the week is out, that belief is back. They trust each other to play their role and get the win. And they do. They win their next few. And every week, they repeat that process. They get around each other and their confidence grows and grows and grows. It's not just luck anymore. They believe they belong in the top four. They believe they belong up there with the contenders. They are. They're becoming a contender the more the season goes on. So life's pretty good at Richmond at this point. But there's just so much external noise about Dusty Martin's contract situation starting to creep into the club. Because how could the players not mention it, you know, in the gym or on the track during the week and that sort of thing? At some point, they're going to ask him questions. Like, because I've got to imagine that happened. At some point, someone's working out with him in the gym and like, hey, what are you doing next year? Like, are you actually going to stick with us or what's happening? Dusty just don't argue them into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the swarm of journalists, they're asking every week. Like they're asking, anytime a player is getting interviewed, it's about Dusty. Anytime Dim has been interviewed at a press conference, it's about Dusty. It's becoming this huge shadow and it's covering over everything else. It's becoming like literally the worst thing for a club pushing for finals. And that's a distraction at the worst time of year. So the Tigers, they're trying to sort it out. Dusty's manager, guy, he's holding all the cards and he's pushing for maximum money. You know, and whether that comes from the Tigers or from every other team, he kind of doesn't really care. He's just trying to get the most for his client. It's also worth noting, actually, at this point, Dusty had pretty much become the best player in the game, outside of perhaps a Patrick Dangerfield. Then the weekend's footy game happens. It's Richmond versus St. Kilda. Richmond, they're absolutely slaughtered. It's the kind of performance you can't put in if you're serious about winning the premiership. The end margin, I think, was a flattering like 66 points or something. But at one point, I think in the first half, Richmond I don't know if you guys remember this game. Yeah, they hadn't kicked a goal and they were behind by like 80 points or something. They just got smashed. So the players, they're fighting, they're hanging their heads. And um, Dimmer wonders how to steady the ship or if that's even possible. Choco Williams, he's doing maybe some special comments for a radio station. I don't know. That might have happened. Calling the game. He calls it the fallout from having a bullheaded approach, almost like a playing group too arrogant to think that they could be playing an opponent the right way. 
in the press conference, Dimmer has to deal with you know the usual dusty questions, and it's really starting to get to him. And then this is right about the time Kane Corns had to dig at him. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Dimmer basically wanted to fight him. He was like, <laughs> Kane Corns called them soft in that game. And then Dimmer just heard about it and went <laughs> and just laughed and went, oh, I'd like to see Kane Corns. Oh, I'd like to see him. And it was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you going to beat him up? <laughs> Fist fight in the car park? But yeah, it's kind of unraveling a bit for Richmond. During the week, you know, the boys, they come together. They go through their process again. They talk about each other's value. They start to heal. Dimmer says, you know, Dusty's future, it's in his hands. None of that matters as long as he's 100% driven to deliver success for the team now. And he is. They all are. They're ready to go for it. So they win like six of their last seven games for the year. Their only loss was to Tom's boys, Geelong. Uh, yeah, boy. They finish third on the ladder. And they give themselves a massive chance. It's on the eve of finals. They to play an away final, which is, That's you know. True, yeah. Oh, no, wait. They fucking didn't. Tom is very bitter. <laughs> on the eve of finals, there's a week off in between the, the games. Dusty Martin, the contract situation at peaks. He's flying to New Zealand to talk it over with his dad. Word is that North Melbourne have offered a huge amount of money just spread across like seven years. It's like a godfather type offer. Dusty has a sit down with Dimmer when he gets back from talking with dad. He says he's really struggling with his decision. That last year it would have been easier you know, when Richmond were bad. Now it's tough. The club's on the verge of something special, but he just doesn't know what to do. Dimmer says to him, it's the toughest thing, mate. When you're a player, sometimes you feel like it's you versus everyone. Even when you're a coach, you feel that. I can't tell you what to do. I can only tell you my experience. And he says, I was angry at Essendon when they pushed me out. I hated it. The anger ate me up and I probably played angry most of my time at Port Adelaide. For years, I was angry at the media, especially last year. I felt like any attack on Richmond was a personal attack on me. Then he smiles and he shakes his head. He says, someone reminded me it's not all about me. Footy's a team game. You can fill your pockets at North Melbourne, but you might find you're on a team by yourself. Sometimes the choice starts out feeling right, but it can be a bad choice. I've made more than a couple. And he says, we, we can't always be right. By the end of that week, just before the, uh, the first final, Dusty commits to, the, to Richmond. He signs a huge contract, like seven years. I don't know how much money. Ridiculous amounts. The fans are pumped. Clubs pumped. Everything's going well. And right when you expect the bubble to burst... Kind of just didn't. Richmond just, I don't know, Tom, they rolled in. They played your boys. Had not won a final since 2001, I think, yep. was the stat. So that's 16 years. Huge pressure. I'm glad. Good counting. Yep. They just didn't. reminding everyone this happened in 2017. Not this year. Not this year. No. They did a number on Tom's team. Did they? Well, they you smashed. lost 51 points. Yeah, I was there. It was heartbreaking. I hated it. <laughs> this is why I can't get behind the Richmond story, Tom. Sean, it's because they were mean to me. Then they got the week off. The pressure, the expectation, it builds and it builds and it builds. But it doesn't matter within the club because they have their processes. They absorb it all and it feeds into their footy. And they come up against GWS, you know, the machine built by the AFL and given everything. Versus Richmond, this club has kind of like scraped along for 30 years and just been shit. They win it easily. And the outpouring of emotion is huge and raw. And now they're into the grand final. During the week, Dusty wins the Brownlow Medal, the award for best player. Doesn't let it distract him. He's focused. Gives the best speech in Brownlow history. <laughs> yeah. Bruce McAvaney is Bruce McAvaney, surely. <laughs> yep, yep. Bruce Can McAvaney. we also cast, and this is interesting because I don't know what yep. Dustin Martin's dad looks like, but how do we feel about Paul Hogan playing his dad in a cameo appearance? <laughs> I think his dad's a New Zealand bloke, isn't he? I've seen his dad. He's like a big bikey. <laughs> so Shane Jacobson? Oh, Shane Jacobson. Yeah, I'll get behind Shane that. Jacobson is his dad. Paul Hogan's his manager in a black wig. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Did then, we cast Dusty? Yeah, yeah Jack um, Courtney. Oh, Jack Courtney. I think right. that's perfect casting. 
I'm yeah. trying to think other people we need to cast in. Like, who's Brendan Gale? Is, is Hugh Jackman Brendan Gale? Well, you cast him as Choco. Well, oh, and is- also, side note, because we've said Choco's name before. I, I looked it up as well. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Actually, just for those who are listening and you're probably wondering, we've called Mark Williams Choco. That's his nickname. Um, apparently it came from, like, he just used to love choco ice creams. I don't even know what the fuck they are, but... I thought it was those, like, little chocolate licorice... What are they called? Is that just, oh, like, they chocolate, chocolate ice cream? Yeah, it must be, like, a brand of chocolate ice what cream. What a shit nickname. What? Well, choco, it's a pretty... It's, it sounds tough. And he looked like he'd love to belt blokes, so, like... I think he, he still looks love. like he loves to belt blokes. <laughs> he was pretty aggressive on the field, wasn't he? Yeah. Who did he play for? Uh, he's South Australian, so Port or Adelaide or one of them. He played for Collingwood. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. Collingwood, then Brisbane Bears, then Port Adelaide. No, that doesn't make sense. I think sense. he coached Port Adelaide. He coached Port Adelaide. Yeah. No, uh, I think he went down to the VFL after Brisbane Bears. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, the S... Whatever the fuck... Sandful? Yeah. So he played for the Port Adelaide Magpies. Time will tell. And Wikipedia, hopefully. But anyway, it's grand final week. So there's a big build-up in Melbourne. Richmond have probably the biggest supporter base. Definitely have the biggest membership now. Do you know what I hate though, Sean? Mm. They've all come out of the fucking woodwork. Well, I, I would argue that sometimes that insufferable. happens. And they're insufferable. Sometimes that happens when a club's been down for, you know, three no, no. decades. But they're insufferable as well, Sean. I won't argue with that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't give that a don't argue. See, the, the reason the, the Bulldog story and like a, a Sydney Swans story is that the South Melbourne like, supporters, you felt for them and... and Bulldog supporters, because they're not, they're not in your face. Richmond supporters, when they're losing, are insufferable. When they're winning, they're just as bad. I, I've, in years gone by, I've loved going to the footy at Richmond games because it, it honestly takes minutes for them to just completely turn on their place. <laughs> and so then turn fun. back again? Oh, absolutely, yeah. They ride the bumps. Don't so how's this, right? I, yeah. I, I work with a guy who has died in the wall Richmond. Yeah. Hates them. Yeah. Hates it when they win. I hate, hates it when they lose. Hates yeah. it more when they win because it means that Hardwick's not going to get sacked. <laughs> <laughs> was like the reason they're winning isn't because of Hardwick it's because of Blake Carousella and Justin Lepich Hardwick's crap he's filthy that they've done well not wanting to ruin your story but that they've Sorry. done well although we kind of have 
You just have to jump on Google. <laughs> you can't spoil real life, can you? No. We are talking about their successful years. Like, <laughs> you know, where they fell just short. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but he, he's furious about the results from last year because it means that Hardwick won't get fired. And I'm like, mate, just, just enjoy the premiership. This is why I can't get on board, Sean, of the... I'm on board with this story. But this is why I can't get on board... The, pe- the Richmond as a people. Although... As a people. <laughs> when when that crowd sings yellow and black... Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? It's so loud. Yeah. Anyway, continue. You get chills. Well, that's... I shit myself because I was very scared <laughs> of the Geelong game, but that's just me. So, it's grand final week and there's this thing that was looming over the uh, preliminary final and that's the captain, Trent Cotchen, got somebody high. And all week... There was a bit of speculation that he might get suspended and miss the game. And he's the this guy's the heartbeat of that footy club. So it was huge. He should have been. You think so? You hit him high. Based on so far this year, you go for that. Yeah, I know. But I think when the stakes are this high, there's a little bit of uh, leeway. Shouldn't and there shouldn't be. be. I know there shouldn't be. But it's Trent Cotchen, and he's one of the best blokes in the game. Remember that incident when they had showed vision of him cleaning up the rooms and stuff after all the players left, just tidying up, and he's always just helping out people. He's a really good guy. Got a lot of time for Trent Cotchin. He's got no mates. And he's a good captain. He's a good leader. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'll give yeah. you that. Should have been voted best captain. Who'd that go to? I went to a bloke called Tex Walker. <laughs> Is he the villain of this film now? <laughs> <laughs> just need... It's going to be pretty hard to find an Aussie who can rock a mullet, though. Oh, oh. Wait, no, that'll be easy. <laughs> <laughs> Who would play Tex Walker? Uh, someone big. Yeah. John Jarrett 20 years ago. <laughs> a young John Jarrett. Yeah. Um, what about... No, actually, you might be on the right p- path there. What if you get... um, What's his name? Nathan something. The the guy that's in Wolf Creek, but the victim. Oh, for Tex Walker? Yeah. He's not big enough, is he? Just get him to hit the gym real hard. Roid up. Yeah. Because he's got the face for it. Oh, not really. <laughs> no, that's a compliment. <laughs> he's got a Taylor Walker face. <laughs> anyway, Trent Cotchin gets off and he's going to play and everybody in Richmond breathes a sigh of relief because it would have rocked the football world if he had been rubbed out. Now, they're playing Adelaide in the grand final. Adelaide's the side that crushed them by 76 points earlier in the season. Highest scoring team in the AFL. They've got a fucking just a huge, potent forward line. Uh, and they're the f- I think Adelaide went into the game as favourites. Absolutely. Rightly so. Unbackable favourites. And they also had you know, a bit of an inspiring road to the final, having lost their coach two years earlier when he was killed. So, you know, there's a lot of... Like, this is one of the more emotional build-ups to a grand final in, in recent years. So the players, you know... They Adelaide knew- had a lot to play for. They did. You know? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> as you would expect of any grand final. Yes. Yeah. The players, you know, they're nervously getting ready in the rooms prior to the match. They can hear, you know, there's 100,000 people above them getting ready for this game. You can hear the hum of that crowd. Dimmer's getting around them. He's having a quiet word to several players. Cochin's getting around doing the same. Dimmer, he goes up to young Jacob Townsend, who's playing, I think it was only his sixth game of the year, after coming in late and impressing. You know, they talk about coming from nowhere, coming from nothing. And above them, the first siren goes off and... They'll be called out onto the field shortly and Dimmer sort of looks around at all the nervous faces and they look up at him. And he he wants to do like a big pump-up speech, but he just sort of has a bit of a wry smile, shakes his head, and he just, he just wants to speak truth to them, really. And he says, I was this close to being sacked last year. He says, this is our final game of the year, the grand final on the biggest stage in Melbourne. Last year, our final game was in Sydney. It wasn't in the finals. They smashed us so badly... 
They knocked our club down so badly that most people thought it'd be another 10 years before we got back up. Yet another rebuild. They looked down on us. They spoke in whispers about us. Some people even said it straight to our faces. They all laughed when we said we'd rise again. We were on the canvas, flat on our backs, as low as any time in the last 100 years. I was so low, I should have lost my job. Trent Cotchin was so low, he could have given the captaincy away. Alex Rance was so low, he could have just been lost to the game altogether. Jacob Townsend was so low, he might have wondered if he'd ever play another game. Dusty Martin, so low, he might have taken the money and played somewhere else. Nobody gave us a chance. We were nowhere. We were nothing. But I was just now talking to Townsend about coming from nothing. Nothingness. Boys, this is true in footy, it's true in life. It takes nothing to have something. You wouldn't know what something is without nothing. And I assure you that this club has something. We've got something no one else can understand. It's been in the fabric of these four walls, in the fabric of this club for as long as it's been in existence. What we have is belief. We've always had it. It's in our DNA. It's in our supporters' DNA. We've been down for so long, some of them would wonder if they'd live long enough to see us climb that mountain again. They believe. We believe. That's why we're here. You look around you at your teammates, at our logo, at our jumper. We've crawled through the dirt for 30 years, crawling up the mountain inch by inch, dirt under our nails for 30 years, because we believe we can reach the top. We are so close. A very good football club stands in our way, but I say this to you because I think the rest of the world has forgotten. But we are Richmond, and we're going to go out there and we're going to show them what it means to be Richmond. And when we're done, they'll never forget what it means to face the yellow and black. Then the boys get ready, they get out there. The game starts. Adelaide throw absolutely everything at the Tigers. It's a ferocious start. They crash and bash. Uh, They get out on the lead, and everyone's quite nervous. But Dimmer, he's warned them to absorb the storm. Let the pressure build and slowly cook them and pull them apart until they lose their way. And Richmond do. They go about breaking down Adelaide's structures, and soon enough, they're in an unbeatable position. For all their struggles for decades, the win comes far easier than you'd expect. It's one of those wins where every goal brings more tears from supporters who love every second. We're back in the coaching box with Dimmer, just as we were at the start of the film. We don't see the field, we just stay on him. His eyes dart around. He watches Dusty break a tackle and hit a teammate up. He watches Cochin lead from the front. He watches Rance roam the defense. He watches Townsend believe he belongs on the biggest stage. And then the siren sounds. And that stern, determined look on Dimmer's face breaks into a smile. He sits there in silence as he's mobbed by his fellow coaches. Dimmer leaves the box and he comes down the stairs, through the crowd, high-fives every hand that comes at him. He looks around, overwhelmed, taking in everything he can. A 90-year-old woman weeps, using her Richmond scarf as a tissue. A crying father holds up his infant child, probably too young to remember the day, but a part of it all the same. Excited kids, not born before Richmond's last uh, triumph, jump up and down. Fans hug Dimmer. Everyone jumps and cheers and cries, and the emotions are just spilling out. Dimmer charges onto the field, making a beeline for his captain, Cotchin. He grins at him and says, you think you might want to be captain again next year? And Cotchin laughs and just pulls him in for a hug, and they're swamped by all the players. They get their medals, they hold up the Premiership Cup, they sing, they cheer, they cry some more. It's the biggest outpouring of emotion and celebration for a club in years. And it carries on for a very long time as we fade out. Then we fade back in, some time later, I was hoping hoping you'd fade back into Tex Walker's atrocious (laughs) speech. (laughs) Uh, So for anyone listening who is unaware, Tex Walker, who we have established is the captain of the Adelaide Crows, the losing team, walked onto the stage in the grand (laughs) final after that loss and gave like the fucking worst speech. 
It was just had no time for it. It was pretty much just like, hey guys, uh, we lost today. Fuck you. Yeah, that was pretty much it. It was short. It was like 10 seconds. Yeah. Most, like, most teams come out and they're like, Look, it was an honor to be here today. Obviously, we weren't the better team, but and that, and that, look, big and I'm not saying that speech is easy. That's a hard speech, yeah. but class captains leaders do make it. that speech. Yeah, <clears throat> Nick Rewald had to do two within a week. Within no, 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 no within two a within yeah. a year. <laughs> Poor Nick. Like that's hard. It is hard. So we feed we fade back in. Sometime later, we're in the suburbs. Car pulls up outside a house. The car door opens and Dimmer steps out. He walks across the front yard and he knocks on the front door. And after a moment, the door swings open to reveal a surprised-looking Choco. <laughs> what? He says, it's just a revenge fantasy for 04. He says nothing, waiting for Dimmer to speak. Dimmer looks down at his shoes, he clears his throat. Then he looks up and he looks Choco in the eye and he says... I was wrong. He said, when I had nothing, you were there for me and gave me a chance and a place at your table. And I wasn't there for you when you needed me. And that was wrong. I was wrong. Choco looks at him for a long moment. And then he holds out his hand for him to shake. He smiles and he says, come in and have a beer. The end. <laughs> just drop that Choco bit in. Just like, I thought you were going to have him like punch him. <laughs> to be like, Choco Williams, you were wrong. <laughs> no. See, I've I've had a dig at Choco in the past. When? I can't remember. But <laughs> there's another show we do called How Goods Footy. Uh, and the answer to that question is every week. <laughs> but part of me respects him. And I I was thinking about how to sort of like approach Dimmer's career, I guess. And Choco Williams is a huge part of that. He sort of gave him that lifeline when some other clubs probably weren't keen on him because he was nearly 30 at the time and Essendon didn't want him and um, Choco Williams took him in there. And then he would have been a mentor for him for years because he was an assistant coach with him. Did he play in the 07 final as well? The losing one? No, no he, he was only at Port for... He retired after the 2004. He was on there coaching. He coached with them for yeah, a while. Coach. That's he? where he started working with Clarkson because he was assistant coach there as well and that oh, sort wow. of thing. So... Yeah, Williams was a big... So Choco's actually produced a couple of premiership coaches. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's no doubting his coaching ability. And then he came and helped out at Richmond, and he was a big part of that. And then there was that huge thing where, but you know, Richmond reviewed their whole club after a disappointing year and fired pretty much every coach and kept Damien Hardwick. And so it would have been, yeah, it would have been a shit time. So, yeah, just sort of had a bit of a crack at creating what the narrative inside the walls of Richmond might have been. I mean, you also had a crack at just bringing Choco down a couple of pegs too, which is always fun for you. I feel, like I, feel like I built him up. You just reminded him, if he was listening, that he's not all that mm. and that Damien Hardwick's a bigger man. True, true. Because you had, you had Choco having a crack. Damien mm. Hardwick did not react and then went to his house and apologised. You definitely made Choco look like a fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mission all along. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that's Richmond. Yeah, the, the thing that I bought into about the Richmond story was Damien Hardwick because basically, and what highlighted it was when he was on today with Carl mm. and he was like, next year we'll be in the finals. And he was just sort of a laughing stock. And really, like, he shouldn't have kept his job probably. In, hi- it's, in hindsight now, you're like, well, no, he's a premiership coach. Good on him. It's Mark Thompson. But yeah. People like he should have been sacked at the end of yeah. 06 and then when they lost four on the trot at the start of 07. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good... 
It's a good, heartwarming. Do you know who Shane Jacobson is actually? Neil who? Baum. Oh, yeah. That's good. Fuck. Who? We need someone to play a cameo for uh, Dusty's dad. Oh, Grant Bowler. I don't know. Isn't there another Jacobson? Yeah. Bring back Chopper from the dead. I was about to say, <laughs> can Eric Banner also play Ch- Martin's dad in like a weird, like kind of surrealist thing of that Dusty's dad is also Dimmer? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, kind of what it is. In in Peter Pan, Hook is played by the same actor who plays the dad. Wait, what? Jason yeah. Isaacs plays both the dad and uh, Captain okay. Hook. Sorry, when I think Hook or Peter Pan, I think Hook with Robin Williams. Yeah, and that's the same. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's very different. It's bloody, uh, what's his name? He plays Hook in that. That's um, oh, Dustin Robin. Hoffman. Ooh. Yeah. He plays Peter Pan. Yeah. Nah, Sean, you've got me buying into the story. I still fucking hate the supporters. I'm not going to comment on them. Um, but no, I like I like the Hardwick story. I like the Hardwick story as well. I wanted more um, of his wife though. Yeah, I, I thought about I, you'll appreciate this because I nearly had Clarko in it. Clarko was kind of going to be there was kind of going to be like a two hour chat with Clarko <laughs> to kind of set them on the course. But I ended up just giving him some quiet words with Cochin and Dusty instead. And um, I reckon what you could do is though you on could Lep- drop- Lepage became kind of that calming influence. Oh yeah, why just the- just stroking? Well, no, no, no because um because that's a, a thing that they. Lepage actually had in Brisbane, yeah, which was a big part of sort of their process, and so I feel like you bring that into Richmond. It's you know, it's a good team process. I think that I like it, and I'm okay with it. But you should have Clarko in there because then the AFL CU is Alistair Clarkson is the Nick Fury of the (laughs) AFL CU, (laughs) which is perfect. It's perfect. He you then you then you then you know do his three three stage dynasty like. You have just imagine that he's in there. He could quite easily be in there when times are tough in the middle of the year. The Richmond story is a little bit different to say the Bulldogs because they didn't have, they had an extremely lucky run with injuries. They didn't really have an injury crisis. No, didn't really have any of these like. For them, for them, the thing was that it had been thirty years and they were so shit house the year before, and nobody gave them a chance. And they they constantly cocked things up. They even coined a term that was used like in the newspapers doing a Richmond or something like that, where it was like blowing your shot. So, oh, back when they lost those three close ones. Yeah. yeah. Identical. And even like, you could even say like up until grand final week, still wasn't like a ton of respect for them because it was kind of like, oh, Adelaide will just beat them. Yeah. Like, I think some people probably still look at it and I think I've been on record as saying this. It's probably the worst premiership team in um, in a while. And that's purely like before winning the grand final, you would have looked at it and gone like, that's not a premiership list. Yeah. It's a little bit different from the Western Bulldogs story, which we had in Sons of the West, where a lot of their players had been through hardships as well. So it's kind of like Rocky and Rocky 2 all happening at the same time, but in real life. Well, this is sort of just like, if you focus more on Damien Hardwick, because I'm in a similar boat to Tom Webb, yeah. Richmond on a team I particularly respect, but Damien Hardwick as a person and what he has been through to lift this team. It's a Coach Bombay story. It's not Rocky 2. It's yeah, champions. Oh, wow. Nice. Oh, no, nah, it is. Yeah. Or it's Creed. Yeah, it's the Creed. It's the story of the Rocky figure yeah. bringing on the new generation of people who aren't expected to be yeah. that so, thing. Because like, it doesn't matter that, yeah, maybe the Richmond list, you're like, oh, cool, it's just a bunch of... It's Moneyball. That's kind of what I yeah, thought. Yeah, well, Moneyball. It didn't become as much like Moneyball, but that's kind of one approach that would totally work for this because it's... It's a team of kind of lesser-known players. It's got a few superstars sprinkled yeah. in there, but it's lesser-known like role players. Mm. So it is kind of like Hardwick being like, right, we've kind of got to almost push reset and fix this team that's been a bit shambolic. 
how can we do it? And it's rearranging things and moving some chess pieces. And it's kind of like, it's more about the masterstroke of coaching and what yeah. happened behind the scenes at the footy club. So you focus a bit more on Neil Baum. I didn't really utilize Peggy or Brennan Gale. You bring them into it. It's more yeah. of like, similar to Sons of the West, Tom, where it was like, you didn't show a lot of footy. It's more about the boardroom yeah. and the, yeah, the selection committee yeah. and shit during the week. It's about building yeah. stuff up behind but the scenes. But it really focuses more on that, where Sons of the West had a few players that had like major plot. Yeah, I, I focused yeah. on Bob and Easton Wood and that kind of yeah. thing. Whereas I don't think you need to for this story too much. Cochin maybe, but I picked Cochin a little bit. Cochin and Dusty, and Dusty will have Dusty, and but perhaps Rance, but Rance doesn't for me have like a natural arc anyway. It's kind of just if you good, really want to, and he got a bit better. If you really want to play on it, one thing that came out of all of this, which we didn't touch on in this pitch, but you could probably put it in as a B plot or a C plot. Um, look at me using movie terms. <laughs> Welcome to movie maintenance, douche. <laughs> <laughs> I studied film. That's that wasn't a joke. I did. Uh, yeah, so I believe you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so yeah, like uh, Cochin and Martin are quite close. Yeah, and like to the point where Cochin used to get Dusty to like babysit his kids and Which whatever. Is nice. Yeah. So you could play on the fact that like Dusty's not only leaving Richmond but could be leaving Cochin behind, and maybe that playing on Cochin a bit being like, yeah. Do you have like those when you're talking about the speculation? Not in the gym. It's at Cochin's house. That's probably you have it from yeah. Cochin's kids. From the kids asking. Uncle Dusty, are you going to sign a seven-year contract and stay with Richmond long-term? And he'd be like, oh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and the we other thing... them off. But don't argue to the kids. The other thing I think you need, just touching on the coaching thing, is yeah. I think you need early on them trying out their swarming forward one-target one game plan and it not 100% coming off. Yeah, you kind of want that. So that then yeah. you can show them nailing it in the, rich, in the Geelong-Richmond game. Yeah. I, I think that's... For mine, out of the games that you show, you don't need to show a lot of the grand final, yeah. but I think the game you need to show is them smashing Geelong yeah. because that was that was that was the catalyst. It was the first final win. They played brilliantly. Yeah. That's the game I think you show footage from. It's just like the problem with the structure of their season as it played out in real life is that they just jumped out of the blocks. They yeah, won yeah. five games. They didn't really have that moment. I guess you could do it when they lost four in a row after that, where it's like, nah, teams have figured out your new thing and you've got to find a way to adjust. Yeah. That's kind of the, the hard Or you've thing. got to kind of stick to it and push through this period yeah. and be well, more defensive. that's defensive. probably more so what it should be. It should be everyone on the outside being like, we told you this game plan wasn't going to work. This is dumb. And it's hard work and the boys being like, no, we, we know what work. we're doing. It's going to work. We've gonna got, work. here at Richmond, we've got belief. And they keep sort of Yeah, I think that's it. Through. I think that's you. And I think focus on the swarming forward line tactic and yeah. that'll, that's it. Yeah. Because there's going to be an ambush, Sean. There always is, Tom. Always. And on that note, I've been Carney. I've been Tom. And I've been Dusha. And if you want to get in touch with us and talk all things footy, uh, we do have a sister show actually called How Goods Footy. Uh, you can reach that on Twitter at How Goods Footy or for any movie maintenance related stuff, you can reach us at MM Sandspans or individually, I'm at Sidekick of Daily. I'm at Orchid Treed. I'm at Douche13. And also, as you probably already know listening to this, uh, movie maintenance will be finishing as we know it uh, for our 150th episode. On the 18th of May, we'll be celebrating with a big live extravaganza goodbye, see you later show uh, at the Eureka Hotel. In Richmond. In Richmond. Oh, oh boy. Yellow and black. Dusty will be there. Yeah, we're inviting him. <laughs> He's going to don't argue his way everywhere. Uh, so <laughs> tickets are available at uh, sanspantsradio.com forward slash live. Yep, that's it. Also, t- tickets are $10 and most of the Sandspants people will be there. I can't I mean, say we who will. will be. Yeah, all the movie maintenance people will be there. That's that's like who you want to see. Yeah. 10 bucks, you get... Gabe will be there. Handsome Tom will be there. Sean, you'll be there too. Yeah. Rob, Kath, oh, it's all happening. It's $2 a person. Oh, boy, when you look at it like that. Oh, what a deal. Money Get ball. on down there, mate. Oh. Tiger Lily.
you'll see us with a grin, risking hair and skin. If we're behind, then never mind, we'll fight and fight and win, for we're from Tigerland. We never weaken till the final siren's gone. Like the tiger of old, we're strong and we're bold, for we're from Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.